Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. There's a lifestyle coming that's overflowing. It's not about you inside. You are going to be a vessel, an instrument to reach the lost world that's thirsting for God. This is the Spirit-filled life. So here's our third word, overflow or overflowing. Write it down. Know the Holy Spirit wants to overflow our lives with His love and power to a needy world. It's easy to get caught up in the daily grind and get overly focused on what's happening in our own lives. Pastor Mark will be continuing his teaching from the book of Luke and expanding on what the Bible is saying to us. Jesus' life shows us that we must have the Holy Spirit filling us, being active in our lives for us to achieve the purpose God has for us. The Holy Spirit wants to overflow our lives to a needy world and to demonstrate to them the love God has for them. We will be reminded that the only thing that matters to God is lost people, that God sent Jesus to find lost kids, and we're here to tell them about Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study, The Holy Spirit, Essential to Jesus and Us. Nobody in the Old Testament had the Holy Spirit in them. Very few people, and we actually in the Old Testament called it anointed. Remember when Saul was un- became king, when David became king? What did they do with the olive oil? Poured it on them as the anointing. It was the Holy Spirit. They couldn't lead. They couldn't lead without God's what? Power. Joshua, anointed. So if you lived in the Old Testament, 99%, 99.9% of us never had the Holy Spirit in us. We were never anointed. We just followed God's word. It was a very different lifestyle. So watch what this promise is. Very selective people in the Old Testament had the Holy Spirit pouring over them, anointed with them. And sometimes it was temporary as well. It was just for a sure period. Actually, Saul lost the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit departed from him because he went into sin. So watch what's going to be different. Here's the promise for the Old Testament. Now, you can see them in the Old Testament. They can't hardly believe this promise. It was given hundreds of years before Joel. Then after doing all these things, I, this is God speaking. I will pour out my spirit. What's the word? Hello, what's the word? Upon, overflows, epi, on who? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Everyone blew their mind. No one had ever experienced that. Is it going to be everyone? Yes. All people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days, I'll pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. 
Why was God making this promise? He was saying to this, and look at me, would you? Here's what he was saying. It's essential, absolutely necessary for every Christian to have the Holy Spirit come upon them and empower them for ministry. Not pastors, not just certain people, every single Christ follower. If you're a Christ follower, it's for you. It's not optional. It's essential. Because I can't accomplish what God wants me to do without the Holy Spirit. So, Jesus had already kind of been addressing this indirectly. This filling, instead of inward, is outward. It's going to come upon them to do ministry, to touch other people's lives. Get that. Inward, he's correcting us, keeping us, making us like God. This empowering is outward, to touch the world. So here's what I want you to see. Earlier on, we heard this when we studied the book of Luke. Here we go. John 3, John the Baptist speaking. John answered them, hey, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, speaking of Jesus, the thongs of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He... Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. What is John saying? Well, there was a time coming, a distinct experience, separate and distinct from being a follower of Christ, having the Holy Spirit in me. It's overflowing me. Who is the one that's going to baptize us in the Holy Spirit? Jesus. He's the agent. You see, the day you became a Christian, the day you accepted Christ, The Holy Spirit not only came in you, the Holy Spirit put you, he baptized you in the body of Christ. Do you know how many bodies of Christ there are in the world? One. All true Christians belong to one church. We even heard this morning, you see the news in Pakistan? Two churches bombed this morning during the night. Christian churches, 15, 20 people dead from martyrs. This morning, happens every day, all over the world. Were those people in the one body of Christ? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Jesus is going to be the one. He's going to baptize you. So when we pray to be filled, who do we pray to? Jesus. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So here's what you need to understand. The power of God is not equal to the ability of man. I can sit up here and shout at you and try to convict you. You see that on television sometimes. Weird stuff. Dancing all over the place. Fall on the floor and all this kind of stuff. Crazy stuff. Do you know how often God speaks? Still, small voice. But it's the power of God, not the ability of a man. I have no ability to change your life. The power of God will change your life. Understand that. So where's their confusion? Well, a lot of people say it differently. Don't ever get tied up in all the confusion. Chuck Swindoll won't exactly agree with everything that I've said, that I believe, that we believe. But basically around the world, we have lots of people that agree with that. Charles Stanley has a great book called The Spirit-Filled Life. Chuck Swindoll says something like this. It's one thing to be a Christian. It's another whole thing to be a spirit-filled Christian. You got it? You got it? Now watch what R.A. Torrey says. It's huge. If you want to get a book on the Holy Spirit, Aritore is one of the excellent. He says this, a man may be regenerated, born again, by the Holy Spirit and still not be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So see, it's, it's essential. We believe that Jesus Christ offers us a one-time baptism and then 
it leads us to the spirit-filled life. Staying under the spirit. In control of the spirit. Now, we'll learn a little bit next week. I'm not going to have a lot of time to get there. But we're going to learn next week when Jesus is led into the wilderness to be tempted. He's going to be tempted. And he lives there 40 days in the wilderness with no food. He said, well, why would God lead him in there to be tempted? What's he going to show us? Well, any of you been tempted last week? Can I see your hand? Don't raise your hand. You're lying. You're tempted to lie right there in your seat. Of course, we're all tempted. So what is Jesus going to show us? Watch this. He's going to show us that the power of God helps us to defeat temptation. It's not a, I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. I did it. You've been there. Don't laugh at me. But the power of God can help us. So when you see that, you and I fail. So we have to be filled again. Paul says it. Keep on being filled. It's not one time. It's a one-time baptism. Many fillings called the Spirit-filled life. Now I want you to turn quickly to John chapter 7. When you get to John chapter 7, this is before Jesus goes to the cross. But he makes it a tremendous statement. John seven thirty-seven. Watch this. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, there's thousands of people there, if anyone is thirsty, he's talking about spiritual thirst. Every person who's a sinner is thirsting for God. They just don't know it. They try everything to satisfy the thirst. Nothing will satisfy it. So Jesus said, now he's speaking to religious people. Religion will never satisfy spiritual thirst with God because it's a personal relationship. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to the Jewish religion. Is that what it says in your Bible? Oh, excuse me. Let him come to Calvary Chapel. Is that what it says in your Bible? Of course not. What's it say? Come to who? The only one. Look at me. The only one that can satisfy your spiritual thirst is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing else will do it. And drink. If you like to write in your Bible, verse 37, just write this. Salvation. This is a picture of salvation. Every person without Christ has that spiritual thirst. Only God can quench it. When Jesus was talking to a woman at the well who had been married five times, living in with a man now, not even married, he said to her, basically, if you drink of this water, if you'll have a relationship with me where your sins are forgiven, you will never thirst again spiritually. So understand, this is salvation. Some of you need your thirst quenched today. That will happen at the end of the service. But that's not the end of the passage Look at the next two verses, 38 and 39. Jesus says this, Whoever believes in me, as the Spirit has said, streams, promise coming, streams of living water will flow from within him or her. See, Pastor Mark, what? When I'm Filled, this is the spirit-filled life, verses 38 and 39. You say, well, how do you know that's a spirit-filled life? Man, that doesn't make any sense to me. Notice the rest of the verses. He explains it. By this, he meant the spirit, living water, spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. 
Well, Pastor Mike, what do you mean later? Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given. Remember, the disciples weren't even saved yet. Since Jesus had not been glorified, since he'd not gone to the cross and paid for the sins. So verse 38, if you're writing your Bible, that's a picture of the spirit-filled life. Had not happened yet, but would happen. So what is he talking about there? Jesus says this, there's a lifestyle coming that's overflowing. It's not about you inside. You are going to be a vessel, an instrument to reach the lost world that's thirsting for God. This is the spirit-filled life. So here's our third word, overflow or overflowing. Write it down. Know the Holy Spirit wants to overflow our lives with his love and power to a needy world. You see, all who would believe on Christ, you automatically have your needs met because God's living in you. But then... You want to be a blessing to others. You want to be a spiritual blessing that will flow from you to lots of other people. God doesn't only want to just fill us with himself so he lives in us. He wants to overflow us. God wants to use you and me to change our world. It's not about you. It's about God using me and you, every single one of us, to change our world. We're very selfish. Now, I want to show you what that looks like. To show you what that looks like, this is our world. This is Brevard County. This is Indian River County. This is where the church lives. Those of you living wherever you're at, this is your world. There's a people in here. They're dry. They're thirsty. They have no direction. They have no help. They don't know what to do. They look like they're being successful. They're not successful. They're dying. Nobody's told them how to become a Christian. They just don't know what to do life. Now, you and I have what? You and I have the Holy Spirit where? Already where? In us. He's taking care of me. He's changing me. But it doesn't really do much to the neighbors and the friends because they don't know about God. This is the world. So what does it mean to be spirit-filled, overflowing? Watch me. This is what it means. Now you say, well, Pastor Mark, what's that all about? Before, this was dry. (laughs) This is God touching lives, saving people. And whose life touched it? Your life. Out of you will come rivers of living water to change our world for Jesus Christ. It's never about you. It's about you living the spirit-filled life. That's why we're here. Now, when you think about that, you say, well, Pastor Mike, did that really happen? Turn to Acts chapter 1. I'll tell you. Absolutely, it really happened. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Take a look. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, you just back one book, Acts. On one occasion, Chapter 1, verse 4. While he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. What gift? We already talked about that. For John baptized with water. But in a few days, notice these words. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not if. Not some of you. You will. Jesus promised to baptize them overflowing life. Now, what does that look like? Look at verse 8. What is the purpose of this? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, what's it say in your Bible? 
comes where? Upon you. Overflows you. You just saw me illustrate it. And then you will be a crazy charismatic dancing in the streets, doing weird stuff. Praise God. No. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Write it down this morning. This is power with God's purpose to go into the world and be a bold witness. See, the only thing that really matters to God are lost people. If you're a father or mother and you have a son and your, your child is lost, nothing matters to you but finding that child. Nothing. You'll quit work. You'll do whatever to find the child. God sent Jesus to find his kids. That's why he empowers us. Bottom line, to make disciples for all the world. Now, going over to chapter 2, you're right close by, and look at verse 4. Here's the fulfillment of the promise. Here's the fulfillment. We're going to pray at the end of the service just for God to fill us, overflow us. Some of you will get saved. Some of you, I'll remind you now, the Holy Spirit lives in you, lots of stuff he can do. Look at verse 4. And all of them, how many? There's 120 people. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is there. The disciples are there. Lots of other people. Every single one. See, that shocked them. It was a fulfillment. Not half of them. All of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. See, this empowering changed every single life. When we pray this morning, you expect your life to change. By the way, when all this happened, what happened in 20 years from this period of time that you're reading right there? In 20 years from now, here's what we hear in the Scripture. The early church started, and all these people came. Paul became a Christian, missionary journeys. What happened in these 20 years? The Bible says this. They turned their world upside down for Jesus Christ. Starting with 120. Remember the first day that Peter preached? Day of Pentecost. This is the same Peter that said to Jesus, I don't know the guy. Three times. Why is the man in Acts, Peter, different than the man in the Gospels? Filled with the power of the Spirit. Who is in control? Not Peter. The Spirit. The Spirit. And what happened on that day? When he was overflowing with the Spirit, what happened on that day? 3,000 people became Christians. No sermon prep. No Bible college. No Bible. No iPad. He just spoke the powerful Word of God. And the Word says that the people were cut to their heart. What should we do? And he says, repent, believe, you can get this same gift. I'm spiritually jealous. 3,000? First sermon. Okay, let's move right on past that. So see, it's not about our ability. It's about God. Now, I want to share with you. I told you all, Linda and I were in this conference of 50 nations. I want to just share with you this. I can't share you a lot of the things that we learned. Some were just unbelievable, but I can't show them because of, it's not safe to show them publicly. Egypt is a Muslim country, as you well know. And you know all the stuff that's happened there the last few years with the Brotherhood and all that stuff. We sat with two Egyptian pastors, Linda and I did the last night, and another Egyptian family. Here's what we learned. In the last four years in Egypt, 10% of Egypt's population have come to Christianity. 10%. In a Muslim nation where it's horrible, By the way, you'll never see that on CNN. We're in the dark. 
God's not dead. He's still alive. He's still alive. Let me mention the next one to you. Indonesia, largest Muslim nation in the world. I was there last June, remember, in Jakarta, and I spoke. A hugely dangerous country. Very dangerous for Christians. Lots of killings, lots of persecution. Last year, in Indonesia, two million Christians were born again. Two million people. Two million people. You know how many that is? 5,000 a day turned from Islam to Christianity. Unbelievable. Now, why is that? Because the majority of churches are spirit-filled churches. It's not a form. It's not a ritual. It's not weird. They're empowered by God. By the way, do we need that here? Hello. Of course. Now, the last one is Syria. You know Syria. Difficult place. Very difficult place. This missionary from another Mideast country was invited to this church in Syria, Christmas church, at Christmas time. As he prayed, he decided he'd speak on Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Jesus did. He came from heaven and was with us. And just before he spoke, he's looking down here in the church, and he sees a man, kind of formal, and he's got a notebook out. So he kind of says to the pastor privately before he starts speaking, what's a man doing here? He said, oh, it's okay. He's a secret police. He writes down everything you preach. And so he says to the pastor, should I still preach about Jesus? He says, yeah, that's what God led you. Just speak. So he preaches about Emmanuel. Jesus came here to save man. He's the only one. A few days later, of course, he returned home. He calls the pastor. Hi, did anything happen to you or the church since I spoke so boldly about that? He says, let me just tell you what happened. Two days after your teaching, this man who wrote all that down, the secret police or whatever, he walked to his home one night, and he opened the door and went into his home. It was dark, and a light came in the room, and he heard a voice, and the voice said this. This is a true story. The voice said, I'm God, Emmanuel, and I'm with you right now. Whew, I get goosebumps still. The next day, he went, accepted Jesus Christ. He's born again this morning. That's what you call personal. And it's happening. I can't tell you how many stories we heard where God just comes into people's lives. And he says that because they have no Bible. They have no knowledge. They don't know any of this. They're clueless. So God just shows to them, I'm the one. I sent my son. You can trust me. Give your life to me. I'll change you. That's amazing to me. See, our God's a personal God. He cares about the whole world. And we have to get to the place where we're filled. We've learned that being filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit is essential for us to be successful Christ followers. We saw the example of the transformation of Peter, the difference in his life from the Gospels to the book of Acts, being the Holy Spirit filling him, overflowing to the community around him, resulting in the salvation of 3,000 people. We need to realize this power is available for us as well. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. We finished this section in the Gospel of Luke, and we learned more about the essential role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christian, and how accessible the power that energized Jesus, the disciples, and the early church is here for us if we want it. Pastor Mark will begin teaching on another extremely important aspect of the Christian life next time, learning how to defeat temptation. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.